Welcome to Nakubo in Brief, a podcast series from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO Susan Wheeler Johnston, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is to help our listeners better understand the challenges that face the business of higher education. Our hope is that you walk away with a stronger sense of the trends, policies, legislative and regulatory issues that may impact campuses today and in the future. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of educational tools at nakubo.org. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello. In today's episode of Nakubo in Brief, we're excited to present the first of a four-part series discussing one of higher education's biggest challenges, financial modeling and the value of forecasting in the face of uncertainty. My name is Sue Mendito. I'm Senior Director of Accounting Policy here at Nakubo. And in this episode, we're joined by Larry Goldstein, President of Campus Strategies and author of the third, fourth, and recently released fifth edition of College and University Budgeting, and also Brett Mateo, Managing Director of the PFM Group and President of Scenario Software. Some of you may have formerly known of that as White Birch. So welcome, Larry. Welcome, Brett. You know, it's it's become almost old hat to say that higher ed uh, has a broken economic model. Our future revenues are unstable. Our costs are ballooning. For some, it's survival at risk. But even the most fortunate are concerned that there won't be sufficient budget to sustain excellence, much less fund new ambitions. Yet despite all of the talk about economic models that, that fundamentally may need to change, college and university leaders see a lack of critical information, worrying that institutions have been too reliant on straight-line forecasts and not taking into account economic drivers, or noting that future drivers may be very different. Larry, I'm wondering if you can share some of your thoughts on forecasting and how it may help institutions avoid financial uncertainty. I will, Sue. Thank you. And thanks for the opportunity to participate today. And I'm going to take us back one step before I actually discuss forecasting, just to talk about what I consider to be the key points from this book that we call College and University Budgeting, which really addresses three very important processes, planning, resource allocation, and assessment. And those three are essential. The plans dictate where you're going, the resource allocation, make sure you can actually accomplish that you have sufficient resources to do what you're setting out to do. And then assessment becomes critical because you have to determine when and whether you've been successful. So with with that as background, I think forecasting is one of those critical processes that allows you to anticipate the future and prepare for it so that you're not caught off guard. Um, we, we plan throughout this series of podcasts to get into some real nitty-gritty details about how, how an institution can do this. At this point, we want to stay at a fairly high level. But, but that is the way I think of this, this concept of forecasting. It's taking what we know today and a whole range of inputs and putting them together and making judgments about what's likely to occur in the future, what 
within that range of occurrences? Can we influence or control? Which ones will be beyond our control? Which things might we not be able to anticipate? This whole range of looking at the future so that we can drive as much of it as possible and where we can't drive it, be prepared for it. Yeah, I would jump in. First off, thank you for uh, this opportunity. I agree with Larry. I, I think that this process that we're about to explore, the, um, there's a continuum all the way from trying to suss out the institution's value set, uh, the goals that it um, kind of distills from that value set, and then the path towards meeting that goal. Um, there's a continuum all the way from the budget process uh, um, into the future, um, and we use the word forecasting for that. Um, most college and university business officers have uh, wear two hats. Uh, one is they're, they're thinking about and running a pretty big and complex organization with a lot of different um, aspects to it, uh, faculty and staff and obviously students and pricing and et cetera, et cetera. And the variables attendant to this on ongoing organic business are, are kind of myriad. And so if you're going to figure out a way to suss out the possibilities in the future or in fact attain some sort of goals in the future, you have to consider all those myriad variables, all those myriad operating variables. But at the same time, very often there's a, a long list of projects and initiatives, ideas. God knows there's enough ideas on campus. And those projects or initiatives, whether it be a dorm project or a, a, a new uh, st uh, strategic enrollment plan, um, whatever it is, those two have myriad permutations. And when you combine the myriad permutations of the organic business with the myriad permutations of all the initiatives and projects, it becomes an overwhelming um, uh, degree of complexity looking forward. And yet that's exactly what needs to be considered and, um, and, and evaluated if you're gonna make smart decisions today. And so the, the issue, the, the thing we're here to talk about is um, one, whether or not you recognize and, and are interested in this uh, kind of forward-looking view, what's the point of it and what's the value of it and can you really kind of suss out and understand all this complexity and uncertainty? Um, and then how do you go about doing it? I think that's the, uh, the nature of this conversation. You know, as you were talking, as I'm listening to the two of you, I'd like to see if we can dive a little deeper into the value of forecasting in that there's some obvious value. Maybe we can touch upon that. But it also seems like the entire institution has to somehow prepare for it and be ready for it. Brett, can you talk a little bit about that? And, and so how we get to the point where everyone realizes there's some value and how you sell that value? I, I mean, generally... Um Notwithstanding the fact that these institutions have been around in some cases for hundreds of years, the process usually starts at the president's level or even at the board level where um, these values and goals and strategies all kind of uh, are developed. Uh, typically, there's a, some sort of planning effort, a strategic planning effort or some such, which develops a long list of bullet points um, that are on the table. And the idea is to now figure out, as Larry said, how to resource those um, those various ideas. It's, it's one thing to say we ought to have uh, a better student-faculty ratio or we ought to achieve uh, higher academic results. Uh, it's another to figure out the path to get there and to find the resources to do so. So, so the process starts at a very high level, kind of an ideation almost uh, 
level. Um, it devolves into uh, kind of tactics around uh, how we're going to get from here to there. And then the rubber, rubber meets the road when you say, well, and now how are we going to pay for that? And I think Larry and I both agree that how you're going to pay for that is is critical. While the budget is a reflection of a bunch of, um, I'm going to kind of disparagingly say highfalutin goals, they're, they're important goals, uh, but but paying for it is the key. And so early in the process, all this, all these ideas need to be run against a business plan in aggregate and in pieces, uh, kind of a detailed business against a business plan against each of the bullet points on the strategic plan, but also uh, the totality of that strategic plan. And the budget is a very detail-oriented uh, roadmap to paying for that in the very, very short term. The forecast is almost a wireframe for how that budget might play out into the future, um, with the caveat that the future is not going to be the way we think it is today. It's going to change and evolve, whether capital markets change um interest rates go high or stock market goes low, um, whether or not the uh, regulatory environments change, uh, whether or not demographics shift, um, all those kind of environmental factors will now impose on your wireframe and kind of shift it around a little bit. So the process we're talking about is how do you make sense of all that today, even while you anticipate all those changes into the future? You know, Larry, you started with stepping back and talking about the plan resource allocation and assessment. Can you can you comment on what you've heard Brett say? Brett made some really excellent points about this this concept of a budget versus a forecast and how that ties to a plan. And I think there's an overarching set of principles, Sue, that's responsive to your question about, you know, what what's What's the preparation for the campus, for the community? Um, you, you're going to be making predictions of the future. Nobody's comfortable doing that. And so I think one of the one of the things that's it's pretty much guided the way I believe work can happen in this arena, th- there are just a few principles to follow. And one is, I think you want broad-based participation. So in my experience working either as an employee of, of institutions or consulting to institutions or, or the time I spent at Nakubo, the thing I've come to, to realize is the more involvement you have, the greater the likelihood of buy-in and the greater the likelihood that you gain access to multiple perspectives. And so I, I've worked with incredibly smart people. I know Brett works with incredibly smart people, but I've yet to meet anybody who has all the answers. So getting more people engaged, getting more people involved is, is one principle that I've adhered to in trying to help institutions uh, make these difficult decisions. Brett made a comment earlier on. There's a lot of good ideas. You know, my, my belief is institutions rarely are choosing between good and bad ideas or choosing between good and better ideas. And how do you do that? Well, one way to do that is to get lots of input so you understand completely. The second thing is this idea of information sharing and transparency. And, and we almost have to speak a little bit out of both sides of our mouths when we do this, because there is a different environment at private institutions than at publics. You know, publics are subject to freedom of information and open records and open meetings. And therefore, candidly, there just are fewer secrets at a public institution. So transparency is more easily achieved. Sharing of information is more easily achieved. There are certain decisions at a private institution that need to be kept close to the vest. And so from that standpoint, you can only go so far. But I would urge institutions, and this goes this piggybacks on something Brett said earlier, it's part of your value system. How much information are you willing to share and which do you need to hold back? I like to use the, the description that 
these processes tend to work most effectively when you're going top down and bottom up. Brett said it very well. It's the senior leadership that has to make the ultimate decisions about which of the myriad of, of options that are available you're going to pursue. You can't do everything. Resources don't allow that. So you need top-down decision-making. You need top-down guidance to influence things. But at the end of the day, if you don't have access to the bottom-up realities that really are known only to those people who are sitting in a classroom or working in the grounds area or working in a cafeteria, if you don't have access to the information they have, you're probably not going to be as effective as you could be. So I have a strong bias in favor of having a large tent and getting as many people's perspectives into that tent to help guide us when we're making these difficult decisions. You know, we're almost at the end of our uh, first podcast. And let me just say, I think we're off to a good start in talking about the value of forecasting in the face of uncertainty. So far, we've heard start from the top, get everyone involved, be transparent, share information across, discern the difference between good decisions and better decisions, and make forecasting part of the fabric of the university, and that's its, that's its value. Uh, so thank you, gentlemen, for your thoughts today. Uh, we'll spend the next three episodes discussing how the business model for higher ed is shifting and how we can dive a little bit deeper into teasing apart the difference between budgets and forecasts and some of the scenarios and examples that uh, you can help our audience understand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.